Cam Rising, Brant Keithy, Dalton Kincaid, Devon Vele, Tavion Thomas. These are just a few of the youths that we expect to have huge years this coming season. But just what will their stats look like for the 2022 football season? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Youths. You are Locked On Youths, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for making Locked On Use your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions may apply. But hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and on today's show, we're going to be predicting the stats for some of Utah's biggest players, what they're going to look like for the 2022 season. Expectations are understandably high, but these players are poised to have huge years and live up to it. So let's dive into it. First, we're going to talk about the offense, then the defense, then just in general, the team numbers we expect this Utah team to put up. But first, as I mentioned, starting with that offense. So Cam Rising, looking at his numbers last year, obviously didn't start the first few games, but ended up playing in 13 games, had 2,493 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, also got it done on the ground as well, going for 499 rushing yards and six touchdowns. And not surprisingly, I expect him to exceed all of those numbers in 2022. Like when you look at Cam, you're talking about a guy who didn't get the start, so was in a little bit of a quarterback battle last year, had to deal with that. And the biggest reason I think Cam's in for a bump is that arm strength. He's talked about how his arm is feeling healthy and even stronger coming into this season. And because of that, we heard Coach Whittingham and the rest of the staff talk about, hey, let's push the ball down the field a little bit more, be more aggressive. And I think airing it out more is only going to lead to good things for Cam Rising's numbers. So I think he's going to throw for 3,000 500 yards, that is an increase for sure. But I just think when you look at the season looming for a lot of Utah's wide receivers, Utah's going to have the – we're going to talk about the receivers in a second. I truly believe this wide receiver group is going to be the most productive Utah's had in a long time. I also think Cam's going to continue to get it done on the ground, going to have over 500 yards rushing. He was at 499 last year, so just barely missed that mark. So I think he's going to get 500 yards rushing. I'll go 26 on the passing touchdowns for him and then – four rushing touchdowns, and four interceptions. So monster year looming for Cam Rising, but you look at this offensive line, I trust these guys up front. I know there's a little bit of a battle still going on, but that's because there's so many guys who are qualified, and I think at a lot of lesser programs, those guys like a Falcon Calatule, Michael Mokofisi would be starters automatically. Instead, they're still battling for jobs, and even if a guy like Jaron Kump loses out on it, how many teams would love to have a guy like Jaron Kump at their right tackle? I think a lot of them would. So a ton of Utes along the offensive line as well, protecting Cam. And speaking of that protection, so how many times will Cam be sacked this season? Cam was phenomenal in the pocket, was barely sacked a year ago, was sacked, I believe, on 2.8% of his dropbacks, which I think was the lowest across the Pac-12, actually. So I think in total he's going to be sacked five times this season. That's a little bit higher than last year, but I think just when you're dropping back more, being more aggressive, taking more time in the pocket, that's going to lead to a couple more sacks. I don't think it's a reflection on this offensive line, who I think is a chance to be even better, especially coming out the gate this season and they ended than they were to begin the gate last year. But I think this offensive line is in for a huge season. They'll do a good job protecting Cam up front, and he's only in for five sacks. But his arm strength, 
all of that looming with the receivers, the continuity he's building just his second year in the offense, all of that is going to lead to a bad moon rising a lot for some huge games in Rice-Eccles Stadium and all across the country. That's going to start week one in Gainesville. So moving on from Cam, we know this Utah team loves to run the ball. So what kind of year is Tavion Thomas in for? I think he's going to go over 1,000 yards again. I do think he finishes a little under what he had last year, which was 1,108 yards. And the reason I do is I just think these other guys are going to come out of the gate really hot as well, and it will be more of a balanced attack. Tavion ran away with the starting job last year at that running back position. Sure, TJ Pledger still got some carries. Same thing for Makai Bernard, but I really believe in the case of Jalen Glover and Makai Bernard, those guys have taken the steps, and it will be more of a three-headed monster. Now, don't get me wrong. Tavion is still going to lead this group in rushing yards, but I do think we'll see him get a little bit less carries than he did a year ago. So have him going for the 1,000 yards rushing. Have him going for 18 touchdowns as well. And I do have him getting 100 receiving yards and this is something where that he has really struggled with for the past few years but I gotta believe one of the biggest reasons he came back to Utah instead of trying to go pro after what an unbelievable season he had last year was because at the NFL game you gotta be able to catch the ball in the backfield and that's something Tavion hasn't shown the ability whether that's lack of opportunity or he's just simply not been great at it in the past he hasn't been given the chance to show he can do so so coming back to Utah I think whether that's in screen the screen game where I figure he'd be extremely effective in especially Tavion's the kind of guy just get him into open space let him make those cuts, those decisions. He's phenomenal at following his blockers in the hole. I think he would do a great job of it in the open field as well. So we'll give him the opportunities there. I don't think he's going to score a receiving touchdown, but either way, still a huge year for Tavion Thomas as he leads this team in rushing. Now, second on this team in rushing, I have Jalen Glover. And Glover is going to break out as a freshman. Talked about that multiple times on this channel. Now, I think he's going to go for 600 rushing yards, have a very good game out the gate against his homer, his former hometown in Florida, and now going back, getting the opportunity to go at it in Gainesville. He'll go for 600 rushing yards. I think he's going to have five rushing touchdowns as well. I think he'll have at least one game where he goes for two touchdowns. And then there'll be a number of games where he's a little quiet, as there will be for guys like Makai Bernard as well, where Tavion's getting all the carries and scoring all the touchdowns. But I do think there will be a number of times where we're going to see Tate, we're going to see Jalen go and get those opportunities, have really good games, a couple over 100 yards. And I think he'll get it done in the passing game a little bit too. That's something he can do out of the backfield. 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns as well. I think Jalen won't be as big of a factor as, say, Makai Bernard's going to be in the passing game, but still have a major role to play there. So, talking about Makai, I think Makai is going to slightly improve on his rushing yards from a season ago, get that up to 550 this year. He'll have four rushing touchdowns, another build off, and the biggest one is going to be the receiving bump. I think as this Utah team airs the ball out more and Makai really steps into that TJ Pledger role, I think he's going to go for over 400 receiving yards and have six receiving touchdowns as well. We saw the phenomenal hands on display in the Rose Bowl, and I think it's only going to continue to get better from there. So I think Makai is in for a monster season as this gadget guy do it all things for Utah. He's going to be in motion a ton. He's going to be lining up on the outside in the slot a little bit, I think. I think on third down, it's going to be the future back for the passing situation. And on third and short, I think when teams see Makai come on, they might be thinking, oh, Makai, he's their third down back. And then they're going to surprise and actually run the ball. So I think Makai is going to have a phenomenal season as well. Just finishing shy of a thousand yards, but Six touchdowns is still pretty good, and that is one heck of a three-headed monster in Utah's backfield. So the most improved group of this Utah team going into the 2022 season, especially in terms of production, I believe is going to be the pass catchers, which is weird to say when you lose your best receiver from a year ago in Britton Covey, but you look at all the guys coming back, 
and they look like they're in for big improvements this year and really going to step up. So let's start with the breakout player when you're talking about Utah football, the consensus among most people, that's Devon Bailey. And I think Devon and Cam have a great connection, and I think they're going to get a great start to the season as well. I'll only build from there and turning into Devon, what I think by the end of the year we'll be calling him one of the 20 best receivers in college football. Slim chance he could get in that top 10, but you never know. You hear the raves that he's been putting in, and I think this connection him and Cam have is really special and could lead to some big things. So for Devon, I'm going for 750 yards and seven touchdowns as well. A big jump up in him. He only had 389 from a year ago and one touchdown. But as Utah's number one receiver, Cam's favorite target, as a lot of reports have said, during fall camp and developing over spring ball as well, especially amongst those receivers. He's going to be going deep to Devon a lot, and Devon is going to come up with some huge catches because of that length as well and just the ability to go up and play the ball phenomenally. So a big year looming for Devon Vela. And we'll get to the other receivers in a second, but the next two guys in terms of receiving yards are still going to be the tight ends for Utah for me. I think Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid are both in for outstanding years as Utah continues to drop back more and more and air the ball out in the passing game. And even though this team wants to go deeper, they're still going to take those intermediate 10, 15, sometimes even 20-yard passes a lot. And those are opportunities where guys like Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid, we know they absolutely shine. Brant has led this team in receiving yards for the past three seasons now, and I don't think he's going to do it this year. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he did. I just think Devon is going to have a monster season and him slightly edging out Brant. So Brant, I have going for 725 yards and six touchdowns. I think as he we see him work in the slot as well a lot, utilizing that H-back role. He's still going to get a ton of opportunities, but just as this Utah team looks to its receivers more, that's where I think he's in for a huge year, but he won't lead this team in receiving and very well may could, but I don't think he will just because of how much they're going to look to the outside and how good of a year Devon is going to have, but still an outstanding year for Brandt. As I think Dalton's going to have an outstanding year as well. I have Dalton going for 650 yards. That would be the most he's had with Utah, and I think he's going to continue to be the red zone monster, leading this team in passing touchdowns. I haven't going for 10 this season. He had 80 a year ago. I think we're going to see Utah a lot of times, especially on first and goal. If it's first and goal from the eight, I think the very first play on the goal line a lot is just going to be throw it up to Dalton Kincaid in the end zone and let him go up and make a play on it and just use that basketball ability to rise up over guys and use the strength just to overwhelm them and take those balls down for six points. So I think Dalton's in for a huge year as well with those 650 yards and 10 touchdowns. So once again, the most productive tight end duo in the Pac-12, and in my opinion, the country continues to get it done with Brant also setting a career year in yards. Then we got the three receivers I listed at the bottom. Now, so I didn't talk about the freshman receivers or some of these other guys just because it's hard to nail down a prediction with them when you don't know what their role is going to be. But I feel like these next three guys are, after Devon, the next three receivers up. And we all expect the number two receiver to be Solomon Enos. Solomon is a guy, I think he's going to go for 300 receiving yards and be a guy who gets four to five touchdowns as well. Solomon's going to be Mr. Reliable on third down a lot this season, and he's the kind of guy when teams are so focused on Utah's big three of pass catchers in terms of Vele, Keefe, and Kincaid, Solomon Enos is going to end up beating you a lot of the time. We've heard about the work he's putting in as well, and I think he's in for an outstanding year as well. He may not be able to reap some of the benefits as Utah has a lot of other talented pass catchers, but still going for 300 yards, and I think that 300 yards is going to be a very impactful 
300 yards. Then we have possibly the breakout star of fall camp in Money Parks. I think Money Parks is a guy who's going to go for 250 yards and get up to that four to five touchdown range as well. I think there's going to be multiple times where Money has an explosive play where Utah, maybe Utah trails by a touchdown at some point this season and the offense is kind of asleep and then bam, Money Parks 50-yard touchdown out of nowhere. I think it's going to be hard for him to contribute a ton just because of once again, how loaded this group is, but there's still going to be tons of balls thrown Money Park's way. And I think he's going to make some big catches as well. And it's just excited to see the coaching staff has been so excited about Money Park. Sounds like he's been the most improved player since spring ball even. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Another guy I'm excited to see what he can do this season is Makai Cope. Makai Cope's a guy I think he's going to go for 175 yards, have two touchdowns this season, and make a couple of one memorable catches, possibly of the one-handed variety, as he did in the Utah scrimmage, spring scrimmage, going back on that. And with Makai as well, I think he's a guy who isn't going to get a ton of opportunities this season because it does sound like Money Parks has settled into that third receiver role, just going off some of the camp comments. But Makai is a guy who's going to come in and make some plays for this Utah team. And that's not even mentioning some of Utah's other receivers who are also going to have a chance and make some splash plays. But one thing for sure, this offense is going to be extremely productive. And I think a number of individuals on this Utah team are in for career years for the Utes. We're going to look at the defensive side of the ball and talk about what a couple of those guys' numbers are going to look like in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions, as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest personal network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Guys, I use LinkedIn all the time to keep track of my friends as well as network in the industries I'm trying to advance my career in as well. LinkedIn is a great place to be and connect. And let's not forget that nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. I want to thank you again for making the Locked On News podcast your first listen every single day. And also want to tell you guys about an exciting thing with the college football season coming up. And that is the Ultimate College Football Preview. It is here a seven-episode preview with college experts, local and team experts, and the Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Guys, you know there's always a lot of turnover when it comes to college. And this offseason off season was crazier than ever with guys changing teams, new coaches coming in. Lots of turnaround as they're always in in college with guys graduating. So make sure you guys check in to the Ultimate College Football Preview to get caught up on all of that. Make sure you check out the Pac-12 one as well, where I jumped on with a couple of the other locked on Pac-12 hosts and had a really good time. So search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So jumping back in. I want to talk about the defense now. And this is a defense that you lose your best player in Devin Lloyd, but I think a lot of the other guys 
were younger guys who are ready to step up even more in his absence and make more of a play. And Cole Bagley was on the show earlier this week of Fan Nation All Utes, and he said this defense he thinks can be even better than they were a year ago, and they definitely have the talent to be able to do so. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can put all the pieces together in order to be effective that way. So first, let's start around along the defensive line. I think I'm going to start with Van Fillinger. I think Van is in for a fantastic year. I think Van is going to have the most sacks we've seen from a defensive end since Bradley and I. I think he's going to top Mika Tafua's 9.5 year ago, and he will reach that 10 sack mark. I think he's the guy who, yes, he had that splash game early on versus Washington State, but you heard the coaching staff talk about how he get got better towards the end of the year and applied that consistent pressure. That's something he's had a really good offseason as well. He's going to do a really good job coming in at the start of this year and getting after it along the edge. We know he has phenomenal bend, the length as well. I think he's going to go for 10 sacks. I really do, and I think he has all the tools in the world to do it, and I think he's really going to get after it. And I think earlier in the season he's going to have another one of those big two- to three-sack performances, and unlike last year where he didn't have another one like that, I think where he's going to have multiple – games with multiple sacks and he's not going to be the only youth who's going to be effective rushing the quarterback as I think Junior Tufuna is also in for an outstanding year the Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year had 4.5 sacks in 2021 and this year I think he's going to up it almost double it I have him going for eight I just think in the interior I think there's going to be a couple times where maybe Van's getting after it maybe there's some blitzing there's some confusion with some of the blitzes that Utah brings as we know they like to mix it up on the inside and that's going to lead to junior breaking through as well as a couple times I think it's just going to overwhelm double teams and if teams decide to make the mistake of leaving him one-on-one I think it'll make teams pay a lot so junior being such an effective rusher from the inside and having another offseason to learn and grow it's only going to lead to bad things for defenses now as a team along this defensive line, as well as a couple of the linebackers as well who are going to end up rushing, and we know Cole Bishop may end up getting after it as well, I think they're going to have 45 sacks in total. Is a Utah team that in 2021 barely cracked the 40-sack mark, and I think when you look at the improvements out of guys like Junior and Van, as well as some of that youth flying around on blitzes, it's going to lead to a couple more sacks this coming season. Now, to linebacker. Mentioned the loss of Devin Lloyd. I don't think anyone on this Utah roster is getting to 111 tackles like the 26th overall pick in the NFL draft was able to do. But I do think a number of these guys are going to be up there in terms of a lot of tackles. And first one I'll start with is Karene Reed. I do think he's going to lead this Utah team in tackles with 90. I just think we're going to see him play the most snaps out of these guys patrolling the middle and making lots of plays as he did, especially later on in the season. So I have Karene Reed with 90. For Diabate, I have him going for 78. I think as we see him line up all over there, some of those, that number is going to be sacks. Some of it's just going to be regular tackles. He'll have a number of tackles for loss as well. But the guy who's going to be the closest to playing the Devin Lloyd role, we're not going to see an exact copy, but the guy who's going to move around, play on and off ball, linebacker some, rush on third down, drop into coverage on some. I think he's still going to be very effective and is such an elite athlete. I can easily envision him seeing his 78 or potentially even more. And we know he's going to be hungry to get after it. And I think he goes for at least 10 tackles if I can make a single game prediction versus Florida, his old team coming up in that first week. Also want to shout out one more linebacker here that I think is in for a big year, and I do think it's Lander Barton. I'm going for 66 tackles on the season. I think we're going to see him play in spree. In some games, he's going to have 
maybe 10 tackles. Other games, he may only have four to five. It's going to be ups and downs. He's only a true freshman playing inside backer, one of the toughest positions to play as a true freshman, in my opinion, in college football. So he's going to come in there, and I still think 66 tackles is a good number for him to come in and make that instant impact early. But either way, Utah's in very good hands at the linebacker spot, even if they're not going to have a guy going for 111 tackles. But this group effort is going to be very effective. Now, shifting to the secondary, I think Clark Phillips, he led the Pac-12 with passes deflected a year ago, defended, excuse me, at 15, and I don't think he's going to get to that number this year simply because I don't think teams are going to target him. Even though he's going to be shadowing the other team's best receiver, I think teams are going to have that much respect for him. So I do think he'll still crack double digits, get to 10, and I do think he's going to increase his number of picks, though, because when people do make the mistake of throwing at him, as well as his ability to track his man, and I just think he's one of those guys who plays both his man and the ball so well, he's going to know just when to come off and make that interception or play. I think he's going to get uh, five picks, which we only had two last year, so it would be a big bump, but I think he's capable of doing that because he is such a phenomenal corner. And as well, as for the rest of the corners, I think those guys are going to have 15 passes pass deflections combined as well as three picks. That's being guys like Zamaya Vaughn, Broughton, of course, and the rest of that DB group that we're going to see. In terms of corner, shouldn't say DB group because I'm about to talk about what the safeties are going to do, but another very productive season from the corners. These guys are going to get it done. And Clark Phillips, and he's going to have a chance to be up for the best defensive back award in the nation. As we already saw in him, he was named to the second team all AP poll just in general. Now, Last group I want to break down, that's the safeties. First, let's start with Cole Bishop going into his second year with the team. I think he's going to really explode, especially in the tackles department. He's a guy to me who's going to go for 70 tackles this season, really playing around the line of scrimmage a lot, mixing up in the run game, as well as being that security blanket at strong safety. Yeah, I think he's also going to get two interceptions. Didn't have a pick last year, but I just think the ball's going to bounce the right way for him a couple times, and his ability to read quarterbacks is impressive, and he'll be able to capitalize on a couple of those opportunities and getting two interceptions, but where we're most going to feel him is in the tackling department, because I said going for 70, and I think he gets at least five tackles for loss. Just a guy who's a thumper and going to make plays. Another guy I think's in for a big year is R.J. Hubert. I think he's going to go for 60 tackles and four interceptions. I think in a secondary is where we're really going to feel his presence. He's going to do a great job patrolling things on the back end. There's going to be a lot of times we're going, wow, Hubert saved a touchdown this season. That's something I feel confident we'll be saying. I just think his athleticism and experience on the back end is really going to help this team now that he's finally healthy. He'll be making a number of plays as well as coming down and laying the wood in the run game a couple of times as well. But I think Utah is the best safety duo in the Pac-12 by the time the season is over, and they're both in for very productive years. So going on into our final stats thing then decided to predict the team stats so what coach Ludwig's offense and coach Scally's defense are going to look like this coming season so first starting out with the offense this is an offense that when you're talking about them last year still had a very very good year put up a lot of points but I think going into this year they're going to be even stronger they averaged 30 points a year ago and I think they're going for 42 there's 36 points a year ago excuse me I think they're going for 42 this year. It's going to be an unstoppable offense, one of the best in the country. It's going to be a great season because there's going to be a lot of touchdowns scored, and touchdowns are the most exciting thing in football, especially if you ask a lot of fans in general. For what gets them going the absolute most is, of course, a good old touchdown. Nothing gets the stadium rocking like that. So I have Utah going for 42 points as well as I think they're going to average 470 yards a game, be even more potent in that department. And 
also going for five and a half touchdowns a game. This is a Utah team that, because they're going to be moving the ball so well, they're going to find themselves in the end zone a lot. And I think it's something that's going to be exciting for Utah fans to see is just how much they get in the end zone. And I think they're going to be doing it quite frequently. So 42 points a game, 470 yards, five and a half touchdowns per game. Talked about how much offense is on this team. You get your quarterback back, you get your running back back, you get some receivers who are looking to have a huge year, and you get two of your top three receivers back, or I should say pass catchers back, because I am talking about Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid, of course, and that's going to lead to a lot of production from the offense. So looking over to things for the defense, how will they do as a unit? I think they're going to do 22 points a game, which is basically what they were at a season ago. And stay right in that range. There's going to be some some teams where, of course, they're going to give up 32 because they're potent offenses. But I think against some of the lesser offenses in the Pac-12, we're really going to see this unit get after it from a pass rush standpoint. You'll see the interceptions pile up, and they're really going to lock in and hold a lot of teams under 20. I also think they're going to hold offenses to 350 yards a game. And anytime you can do that, it's an impressive feat. But this Utah team has the guys to be able to do it. And 2.8 touchdowns per game. You're going to be at 22. That's kind of the range you're going to be in. So there's good teams are going to get in the end zone versus this Utah team, but I don't think it's going to be very frequently. So Utah will be locked in on both sides of the ball and have arguably some of the best years in their program history as well. So this Utah team, guys on both sides, do for massive years, and it's going to be fun to see what they're able to do. Now, one thing you guys may be thinking as you – hear me talk about all these stats and these large numbers and predictions, you may think that's a lot of stats for just a 12-game schedule. Well, maybe I think Utah's going to play a little bit more than 12 games. Maybe I'm taking some of those post-game stats into consideration and to hear if you guys think, if I believe Utah will be in some of those post-game conversations and games, make sure you guys check out tomorrow's episode where we're going to be going over the 2022 schedule game by game, predicting Utah's wins, if they have any losses as well, and as far as they're going to go for this season. So once again, make sure you guys check out that show tomorrow. And if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out the Locked on Pac-12 podcast, where Spencer McLaughlin and other local Pac-12 hosts take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of season previews going on over there. Game previews as we're just a week away from week one, week zero coming up this week. You know, that's exciting times for sure. It is so great to have college football back. So make sure you guys check out the Locked on Pac-12 podcast. Make sure you guys also follow the show at Locked on Utes on Twitter and me at JT Wistersill on Twitter. I would appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to Locked on Utes.